Hello, Bitcoiners. Ansel here, Bitcoin and Markets. Thank you for joining me today. You can probably tell by my voice I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, but I wanted to give you a podcast update. I'm going to skip the price section. That's going to make half of the audience happy. It's going to upset the other half. Um, But if you do want to get my take and price analysis, just sign up for the newsletters that come. uh, The free newsletter comes out every week. Go down with some stories, uh, different fundamentals from around Bitcoin, as well as price, because of course, price is the most important thing. But my main price analysis is through the member newsletter, and you just sign up for that on Patreon. So go on over to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets. Okay, so what am I going to do today? I'm going to talk about just some news items. I have three kind of news items here that I want to go through and talk about, and then that's it. Hopefully it's going to be a short update here for us today, so you don't have to listen to my sinusy nose voice. So, all right, the first one is... So first story here is what's at. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it is a a private messaging app built with the Lightning Network. This is like super, super exciting to me. It's the most exciting application I've seen built with Bitcoin in a while, in a couple, like since the Lightning Network itself. So, um, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this. Um, it uses the uh, Lightning Network to route one Satoshi payments back and forth. And they uh, can attach data to that transaction. And so you can send a text message basically back and forth over the Lightning Network. And it is onion routed and has all the encryption and privacy that you would expect in a Bitcoin transaction or Lightning channel. So it's, it's very exciting to me. It's, it's one of these things, you know, we don't really see. I mean, maybe somebody, maybe there's people out there that understood all this well enough that they could see a texting app coming to the Lightning Network soon. But to me, this just came out of the blue, and I was like, holy cow, this is a very big reason to start using Lightning Network. I mean, a lot of people will like this. It's worldwide, private text messaging. It's amazing. So this just adds another level of demand onto the Lightning Network and onto owning Bitcoin in general. Uh, they break down the price here. So first off, let me just go through this article. This is from BitcoinLightning.com. This week, an advantageous Lightning Labs developer by the name of Yost Jager or Yost Jager uh, unveiled an experimental new proof of concept called WhatsApp. The new protocol allows users to send private messages directly via the Lightning Network. The news demonstrates a further expansion of the Lightning Network's capabilities, as well as a stronger push for privacy in the space. WhatsApp is a decentralized and censorship-resistant way to send messages globally to fellow Lightning Network users. Unlike Telegram or WhatsApp, There is no central entity to stop users from employing the network. This decentralization is important when when you consider that governments stepped up pressure on private chat firms recently. Across the globe, governments have applied pressure tactics to see private chat firms provide them with uh, some form of backdoor to monitor conversations. In many instances, these governments claim the backdoor is necessary to prevent public threats, such as terrorist attacks. Uh, just to break in here. Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, if you ever meet somebody that doesn't agree with privacy or doesn't think we all need privacy, ask for their password 
and their pin for the, for their bank account, right? Or their email that, or even their Twitter or whatever, just ask them for their password. And of course they'll say no and be like, well, why are you being so private about it? I mean, it's so simple. We need privacy in many, many aspects of life. Um, and ever to invade privacy, you know, it's a transgression. There's some force involved there, right? Because people will naturally be private. And if you want to eavesdrop on somebody, you have to have some sort of coercion or force applied because most people will choose not to share that with you, right? So anyway, let's continue reading. However, privacy advocates and tech firms alike oppose the idea fully. The main reason for the opposition is the fact that these governments will have no oversight into how they employ these surveillance tactics. In the past, revelations showed that the true uh, intention of many governments is a state of mass surveillance. Um, and also there's this breaking in here. There is a idea of soft censorship. You will self-censor. If you think people are listening, then you will s censor your, your speech and then, uh, it will weasel its way into your mind and you will become, uh, have a cuck mindset because you're worried about people eavesdropping on you, right? So anyway, <laughs> okay, continuing. So here, I'm just going to fast forward to the fee section here when he talks about this. So, um, to use the new messaging service, users agree to pay a per on a per message basis. Jaeger stated that on average, a user sends 30 messages per day. So I guess that is on average for text messages and things. Um, at this rate, the overall price per message drops to about one Satoshi per message. Basically, this amount of usage uh, by a user equals around a dollar per year in fees. Uh, my idea here is that Lightning Network will continue to grow. It won't just be payments. And that sounds silly to say just payments because payments is such a huge use case. But look, it's also going to be text. It's also going to be colored coins, um, you know, with RGB protocol. So there's a lot of things that are going into the Lightning Network. And by running a, a well-funded Lightning node uh, to route payments, you are going to be able to make this quote-unquote risk-free rate that Nick Batia talks about. So, um, yeah, I think that Lightning Network is going to grow for many, many different use cases, and this is just one more use case on top of it. It's a gigantic one because it is front and center on people's minds. And it's also this, uh, it's a censored use case. So Bitcoin, you know, has, gets a lot of its value from the censorship resistance like using censorship resistance in economic transactions, uh, darknet markets and, and uh, money laundering and so forth, uh, which is good. Uh, the free market is the best way to organize society. So that's good for Bitcoin. It's good for the world. Uh, now on this particular thing, this is also a censored thing. So now we, people won't have to try to use signal. Uh, they, they will be able to communicate right over lightning network. So it makes it much, much easier because there's not any overhead. I mean, you had to run a lightning node, but that's fairly simple even today to start running a lightning node. Um, and then you just had to own Bitcoin, have a lightning node, own some Bitcoin and you're all set. This is going to be huge. All right. Next story. 
so this is a story from Reuters just today. Uh, I was just flipping through the news and I saw this, so I wanted to talk about it. Uh, the U.S. government, okay, the headline, sorry, is U.S. to strictly enforce anti-money laundering rules in cryptocurrencies, says FinCEN thug. <laughs> the U.S. government will strictly enforce a rule that requires cryptocurrency firms engaged in money service businesses such as digital asset exchanges and wallet service providers to share information about their customers, Kenneth Blanco, director of FinCEN, said on Friday. Crime Dawn, the godfather of FinCEN. Part of anti-money laundering regulations, the travel rule requires cryptocurrency exchanges to verify their customers' identities, identify the original parties and beneficiaries of transfers $3,000 or higher, and transmit that information to counterparties if they exist. Quote, the travel rule applies to CVCs, convertible virtual currencies, and we expect that you will comply, period, Blanco said at a conference hosted by Chain Analysis a New York-based blockchain analysis company. That's what our expectation is. You will comply. I don't know what the shock is. This is nothing new, he added. The U.S. government's move came as cryptocurrency crime soared into the billions of dollars, with global investigators grappling with major money laundering hubs that are at the center of virtual worlds. Cybertrace, in a recent report released in August, said cryptocurrency thefts, scams, and fraud may exceed more than $4.3 this year. Okay, so when these guys say that they are here to stop terrorism, you know, to cut down on theft, uh, scams, and fraud, we know that's a lie. First off, the federal government funds most terrorism. The U.S. government funds most terrorism. If you want to stop money laundering, just... Make it not a crime, right? Take away the regulations that force Tether to exist. And and then with all this, these scams and this fraud, we know this is not around consumer protection because they could just go in and, and shut down Ethereum. It's all centralized on Infura, right? There's just a few people that they could give a cease and desist order to. Like, imagine if the New York Attorney General sent a cease and desist to Vitalik Buterin and Joe Lubin and Consensus and the Ethereum Foundation, like they did to Tether. Most of the scams would stop if you took all the ICOs and uh, you popped this bubble on blockchain stuff. So it's all a big lie. And we it's a, fa it's a mask off moment uh, when this Blanco dude... Uh, takes his mask off and he says, you will comply, period. Like you can see his eyes glowing. Like that, these are not good people. Just if you shut down Ethereum, most of that $4.3 billion in scams and fraud will go away. <laughs> the thefts, I don't know. I mean, they're probably including some of that stuff from crypto capital down there in Panama and the, the Bitfinex and Tether whole debacle. I mean, that's almost a billion right there by itself, um, that's a little bit harder to deal with. I mean, the, in general, they want you to comply and uh, go and crawl on your hands and your knees and beg for forgiveness and well, permission and forgiveness from these rulers, from these thugs, right? That's what they want. 
but they don't they don't want consumer protection. They don't want to stop scams and fraud or money laundering or anything like that. They don't that's not what they want to stop. They want to add uh cost into the system and fear, uncertainty and doubt amongst Bitcoin holders and new Bitcoin uh entrants, people coming into Bitcoin. That's what they want to do. They want to hurt this the whole air of this because if they wanted consumer protection, it's freaking simple. Go get the scammers. Go get the fraudsters. I'm not advocating that they do this. Not advocating that. I don't think there should be a FinCEN. I don't think there should be people that are going after these scammers from the government. People, individuals, should go after the scammers. If they get hurt, uh, if they have, uh, you know, they should be speaking out against that. And that's why people like me and others always speak out against scams. Because that is our vision of how we uh, kind of police or how we enforce consumer protection in the real fucking world between adults. Right? We don't need to rely on daddy, mommy, nanny government to do this for us. Because they won't. It's The option is sitting right in front of their, the FinCEN's face. Right here. And they refuse to do it. So what does that tell you? They're not there for you. They're not there for customer protection. It's, they're the frauds. They're the scammers. The government and the central bankers, the legislators, the regulators, they are the fraudsters and the scammers. Ah, okay. I, I don't have to read on with this. The main thing was that you will comply. So, all right, let's go on to the next one. Okay, here we go. All right, now this is a new report. I just want to touch on this because I've seen a couple people touch on this, uh, like on YouTube and other things, uh, and I don't think they had the proper analysis here. They didn't read into it enough, and so that's what I'm here for. Anyway, IBM dropped a bombshell this week in the form of a report written with the Official Monetary and Financial Institutions Forum, OMFIF. And in this report, they outlined a few things. Um, they actually mentioned Bitcoin, the term Bitcoin, 13 times. So in this one report, they mentioned Bitcoin more than Coinbase did in probably two years between 2016 and 2018. So anyway, <laughs> just a flyby jab at Coinbase. So in here, they have several quotes. And I did put this onto the report this week. So if you guys are signed up for that, you get these, these quotes and these links to the stories and stuff just right there in the report. It's really nice. Um, but I'm just going to read some of these quotes from this report. So about Bitcoin, they stated Bitcoin captured the public's imagination with its near anonymous transactions and ability to operate without any trusted intermediaries. That sounds pretty good, right? That sounds like. They kind of know what's going on here. Uh, but then if, if we look at that a little closer, they say captured the public's imagination. This is not, uh, you know, respectful. That's not respectful way to speak about the hardest currency ever created, right? And I think we need to start demanding some respect for Bitcoin and the money, the money aspect here. Next quote. Now I want you to think of, do they understand this space. Okay. Now remember, IBM is into blockchain. 
just take that for what it is. Here we go. Quote, DLT means ledgers can be maintained and updated securely for an entire network of users by the users themselves rather than a central agency. That's not the end of the quote yet, but I want to break in here and say that users don't maintain the ledgers to maintain the ledgers, right? They maintain the ledgers as part of a greater incentive structure. And to create this incentive structure, to get this quote-unquote self-maintained public ledger that they're talking about, you need to have a native asset. You need to have a money behind it to create this incentive structure. The only other option here to create an incentive structure is violence, saying we will tax you if you don't do this, or we will fine you if you don't do this. You must do this. You will comply. That is the only other option besides setting up a incentive structure based on a native asset. Okay, let's continue with this single quote. Quote, this gives Bitcoin participants the ability to share a ledger that updates each time a transaction occurs through peer-to-peer replication. However, critics point to several technological hurdles that limit DLT adoption in respect of payments systems. Okay, there's two things wrong with this. One thing is that the updates each time a transaction occurs through peer-to-peer replication. Uh, it's almost right. So I'll give them credit that it's almost right, but it misses the big freaking issue here. Transaction ordering, double spending protection, transaction ordering. The role of a blockchain is just to be a history or a database of uh, transaction ordering. That is the part that they left out here, and it is a very important part that ties the incentive structure together, okay? And they missed it. So the last part of this quote here that I just read, uh, however, critics point to several technology hurdles limit DLT adoption in respect of payments systems. Now, again, they're they're stuck on this payment system stuff. Payments is a red herring. We're not really concerned about payments, okay? Uh, Bitcoiners are not concerned about payments because uh, fintech is trivial. We have PayPal. We have the solutions already. You know, credit cards, PayPal, these other things. And we have Lightning that's being built out because Lightning is something new, but we it's trivial to solve a tech problem. Uh, to have a technical solution is trivial. The hard part is having distributed consensus that keeps the consensus rules immutable. That's the freaking hard part. And they continue to go after this red herring of payments, 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 uh, because they either they don't understand it or they're like condescending that we're just a bunch of neckbeards that uh, are worried about <laughs> digital gold. And so they're worried about payments because that's what big grownups are worried about, right? Fuck that. This is, it's ridiculous. Okay. And the last quote I have here is, In the conclusion of this report, they say, quote, pure unbacked cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin will remain the minority pursuit of speculators and denizens of the dark web. So, yeah, the dark freaking web, like private messaging on Lightning Network. How about that for dark web, buddy? (laughs) 
pure unbacked cryptocurrency such as Bitcoin. Bitcoin doesn't need to be backed because it is the good itself, right? A gold coin doesn't need to be backed. Bitcoin does not need to be backed. The idea of a backed versus unbacked came from dumbass fiat. People understand in their mind that this is just printable paper. It needs to be backed by something, right? Bitcoin doesn't need to be backed because it is the thing. It is the thing. And yes, it is speculation at this point, but there is real demand for censorship resistance, right? There's real demand for this dark web stuff. There's real demand for future people are like, okay, well, Lightning Network is growing gangbusters and, you know, the governments are cracking down. There's these trade wars. There's an infinite amount of debt out there in the world right now that looks like the bubble could be getting pricked on that. And look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin and gold. These are sane things in this point. So it's not necessarily speculation. There is also an aspect of flight to safety here. Uh, so anyway, that's all I have to say about that. And that's, that's it, guys. That's my three stories for the day. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to sign up for the report. And thank you to my patrons. Thank you to the people that have signed up for the members newsletter, the Bitcoin Pulse. That's going pretty well. <clears throat> Again, that's three times a week that you get my price analysis and news headlines. So those are like, you know, the news headlines for the last 24 to 48 hours that I think are the most important. I link those in, in that newsletter every time. So really cool. Thank you for the guys that have subscribed. That's it. I'm out of here. Enjoy your weekend. See you next time. Peace. Peace.